this morning I want to look at the art of driving, but more, uh, more I want to look at the art of steering. I look at the art of steering, the art of driving. Most of us have driver's license in here. If, how many of y'all can drive in here? How many of y'all can drive? Most of you can drive. How many of y'all flunked your driving test at least once? Did anybody, fl- you flunked your driving test, Marlisa? Thanks for the warning, and you're going to be driving the youth to youth camp. I'm sure they all have a real solid, real, feel really good about you driving the youth. Just kidding, Marlisa. I know you're a good driver. How many times you fail it? Just once? I almost failed mine, but the guy was wrong. I was actually right, because whenever I was turning onto the road, I turned into the closest lane. And he said, why did you turn in the closest lane? You're supposed to turn into the lane furthest from you. And I thought, that's not what my book said, and that doesn't make sense. That's just dumb. Uh, that doesn't make sense. You cross over a lane of traffic. So I called him out on it, and he's like, oh, well, and he changed the subject. So I passed. But, so I almost, almost failed myself. But most of us in here drive. Most of us like to drive. I enjoy, uh, I, I enjoy driving. I like to drive. I like to drive fast. Uh, am I the only one that likes to drive fast? I don't like getting... You like to drive fast? Thank you very much. How I many of y'all can't stand getting behind people that, that... Oh, Lord, have mercy. Don't get me to preaching this morning. Lord, have mercy. How I many of y'all you pray bad things over them? Don't, don't raise your hand. I enjoy, I, like, I don't like driving uh, at, at night. If I have long distances, I don't like that type of driving. Where yeah, if, at, After nine, I will, I'll fall asleep if like, I nod off, you know. How many of y'all have a hard time driving at night at like nine or ten if you've got like three hours to go? How many of y'all play that mind game? You're like, oh my God, I got three hours to go. I'm never going to make it. <laughs> and you just start nodding off and then your wife catches you. And then you pull over, and your wife drives, <laughs> and it's awesome. So, uh, so, so anyway, back to my story. I enjoy driving. I, I, like, uh, I like to drive, and there's an art to driving, and there's a flow to driving, especially if you're passionate about it. You know exactly what I mean. If you're, I enjoy driving Houston. A lot of people don't like to drive Houston. I don't like bumper to bumper because that's not really driving, but I like the concept of eight lanes, of people running 60, 70, 80, and you get the, the matrix eye. I mean, I know like the bionic eye, and you're looking like 40 yards ahead, and you're, you're plotting your plan, and you're going to go around uh, the slow guy in the, in the pinto, and then you're going to cross over these three lanes, and you're going to leave them in the dust, and then you're going to, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all enjoy that? And that's something, how many of y'all know if you're married, they may not like that, right? Your spouse, like my wife doesn't, doesn't, doesn't enjoy that. We, we went uh, on our honeymoon to Acapulco. We'd only been married like a couple days. And uh, have you ever been to Mexico driving? I mean, I know they don't have lines on their road. It's just a road. And, and in Acapulco, there's, there, there's mountains and there's cliffs. And I'll never forget, we, we, we got in the car from the airport and we're going. And you can kind of look down. There, there's cliffs and there's, they all drive uh, Volkswagen Beetles. Bug, the little, and they honk incessantly. And those bumpers, they'll bump each other. And they honk and they drive really fast. And you're going down and you could see the cliffs. And I look at Elizabeth and I'm like... This is awesome. I would love to live here. And my wife's like, we're going to die. You know, she, she, was, she doesn't feel as, as good about it. But, but I like that, that thrill, that, that, that rush, uh, that, that flow. 
of, uh, of driving. And it's not just a guy thing. I think it's, uh, I think it's a, a, a anybody thing. We, we, uh, we did children's pastoring for several years, uh, 11 or so years. And uh, we had to do a VBS every year. So uh, one year uh, I was driving down MacArthur Drive and I looked over and I saw a bunch of decommissioned go-karts. They used to be at a fun park and they had the shells on them and they were real go-karts. And then this, this Holy Spirit light went off on the inside of me. It was like, that's it. That's your VBS this year. You're going to get go-karts. And you and the children are going to ride go-karts. And the parents are going to let you. And it's going to be amazing. So I did. I turned around and I, and I went and talked to this guy. And he says, yeah, they're for sale. I said, man, I don't want to sell them, but I'll make it worth your while if you let me rent about eight of those go-karts for just a few days. And I didn't tell him it's going to be a bunch of kids. Like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't let him in on all that. I said, man, I just want to rent these things. So, so, so we did. I loaded them up. I brought them to the church. And then I went, I went to all the tire dealerships in Ball and Pineville and Alexandria. I had this huge covered trailer. And I filled it up with tires. And I made me two or three trips. I had several hundred tires. And in the parking lot of the church, I made a giant track for these go-karts. And every day, we had a couple hundred kids that would come to VBS. Oh, my God, they loved it. Yeah, Christian was there. Oh, my gosh, they, 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 they loved it. You put these kids in free go-karts. And, of course, when VBS was over, you know who was out there? All the staff. All the church staff is out there. And I remember one day, one day I left, and, and I came back, and there was, there was one person out there, and she had white hair, and it was Sarah Craig. Sarah's in her 70s. And Sarah was known as being the craziest driver in the church because she used to race cars early in her life. So I'm saying this because this ain't a man thing. It's a woman thing. Young people, the kids liked it. And old Sarah Craig out there just tearing it up on, on those go-karts. So I don't care who you are. Most people, they understand the concept of driving. And uh, they, they understand that, that there's, there's an art. There's a flow to it. I actually watched a documentary not too long ago about a guy that's a Formula One. He's a racing champion. He does these 24-hour Le Mans races where you race for, for 24 hours. He talked about how difficult it is. It's 150 degrees inside the cockpit, and you're strapped in, and he's, he's wrecked and had all this stuff happen. But he says there's something that racers are all trying to attain. And he says there's only a few times a year during the season that we attain it and he says but there's moments in 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 your racing year whenever everything is perfect the air pressure is right and the fuel is right and the car the suspensions everything's right and you're going 200 miles an hour but he says we all call it the same thing we're all in the zone and when you're in the zone, he says, even though you're going, this is open wheel racing, indie type racing, even though you're going a couple hundred miles an hour, it's like time stops and it's like everything stops and you're just in the zone and you're driving. How many of y'all want to do that? For Father's Day next year, all us boys should go to Houston on one of these tracks and get in these fancy cars and get in the zone. Together, corporately, not just guys, girls too, because I told you, it's for everybody. We should do this. But there is this place. But once you're in that cockpit, 
you got a wheel and you got to steer that wheel, right? That, that, that thing there controls the direction. It controls where you're going and what you're doing. And up until this point, uh, th- this little series that we've been in or been talking about, I've really been talking about you as the driver, the individual. You having leftovers, living with margin, you understanding the art of worship, and you uh, being honorable towards certain people. But I want to look outside of the car this morning and, and, and look at some people that I feel like the Lord, four different people, I felt like the Lord wanted you to steer clear of steer clear of four different types of people uh, as as you're driving there's a scripture and it's not in your worship God and uh, it's in Romans chapter 12 that it just says let, let us run with ra- let us run with patience the race that is set before us actually it starts out it says you can put it up there Romans chapter 12 verse 1 it says for we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses Let us therefore run our race with patience. Let us set aside every weight and sin that would so easily beset us. In other words, God said that your life is like a race. But he says, in order for you to win your race, in order for you to be successful at your race, he says there's going to have to be certain things that you're going to have to set aside. You're going to have to, if if you don't, then you won't run right. There's going to be certain things that you're going to have to steer clear of and you're going to have to avoid. And actually, some of them are people. And I know as a Christian, some of this stuff is like, yeah, but, yeah, but it, God wants us to love everybody. And God wants us to, to be friends with everybody. And Jesus, he hung out with the sinners. He hung out with the prostitutes. And he hung out with the tax collectors. And no doubt, Jesus hung out with all of those people. He did, but he didn't leave them in their condition. Every time Jesus came in contact with somebody, he always left them better. And he always left them with instruction. And he always told them, now you are living like this but now go and sin no more. You were going this direction, but now you need to repent and you need to make a change. So I'm not talking about steering clear of people and not loving them or respecting them or honoring them or being kind to them or being generous to them or being loving to them. All of them, uh, they, they, they get that from us because of Jesus living on the inside of us. But I'm talking about in order for you to win and in order for you to run your race, there's some people you're going to have to go around. There's some people you're going to have to leave in the dust. If not, then they'll slow you down. So I want to show this to you, and I want you to see the first scripture that you've got in your worship guide this morning. It's 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse number 1, he says, you should know this, Timothy. You should know this. And I think as we go through this morning, every one of you, you'll know on the inside of it that this stuff just makes sense. It's right. And we should know these things. And Paul writing to Timothy says, you should know this, that in the last days there'll be very difficult times. I guess it's been eight days now that Orlando, a guy walked into a club, shot up 50 people. Tragic, horrible. That, that whole city is reeling from two or three events that, that are happening. Paul here, he says, he says, in the last days there's going to be difficult times. There's going to be more Orlando's. And I don't know if you've seen, there's already an increase of this stuff. And I'm not a Debbie Downer, but the reality is that, 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 that this is the world that we live in. That there's going to be some evil times. There's going to be some difficult times. He says there'll be people that only love themselves and their money. They'll be boastful. They'll be proud. They'll scoff at God. Oh, God. He says they'll be disobedient to their parents and they'll be ungrateful. They'll have a spirit of ungratefulness. He says they'll consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and they will have no self-control. 
They will be cruel and they will hate what is good. I mean, I know we're seeing that almost weekly now. People just hate stuff that's even good. They just, they just can't stand it. They hate it. It says they will betray their friends. They'll be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride and they'll love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. What's the last, last thing there he says? Stay away from people like that. Or basically, he says, steer clear of these people. In your race, as you're driving, as you're going along, he gives us here a laundry list of people to steer clear of. And we could spend plenty of time going through all this, but, but there's just a few of them I want to highlight. And there's really specifically, just, this, just studying this week, ask the Lord, say, who do you want me to talk, talk about steering clear of? So there's four different people that I feel like the Lord wanted me to talk to you about steering clear of in order for you to run your race and for you to, to finish your course and, and, and for you to be successful and not be put into the wall. Right? Not, not to crash, not to burn out. And the first one is, 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 is just somebody that's idle. So if you've got, you got your worship guide, the first blank you, can, you put in there, it's just idle or idle just means somebody that's not going anywhere. Now, now, we all discuss, and most of us are on the same page, uh, nobody likes getting behind somebody that's going 40 in a 70. Doesn't that just irk you? Don't you want to pull up to them and say, bruh, the speed limit, 70. You're going 40, and you're in the left lane. I mean, I know those people. In the left lane. Did you... So they're going somewhere, but they're really not going anywhere. So I feel like the Lord, a lot of times that, that there's people in our life that, that really aren't going anywhere. And you need to steer clear of attaching yourself to people, having people attach themselves to you that really aren't going anywhere. They're just not going anywhere spiritually. Maybe they used to go somewhere spiritually. Maybe they used to be fired up about God, but now they've become stagnant. And if you look at Psalms 1, chapter 1, it says, Blessed is the man that sitteth not in the seat of the scornful or stands in the path of sinners. And there he says, he says, blessed. He said, there's certain people that you'll be more blessed if you won't stand and if you won't hang out with them, if you won't spend time with the scoffers. He says, you'll be like a, like a tree planted by a river. And spiritually, sometimes People can get stagnant uh, in business. If you're in business, I, I would, if I was in business, I would hang out with people that are successful in business. If I was, if I was married, I would, if I wanted to have a good marriage, I'm going to hang out with people that have a good marriage. Right? That, come on, if you want a good marriage, hang out with people that have a good marriage. If you want to be strong spiritually, hang out with people that are going somewhere that are strong spiritually. If you want to be good in, in finances or relationships, whatever you want to be good at, hang out with people that are good at that. Me, as a pastor, as a minister, I don't hang out with pastors that are just, oh, it's rough out here. People leaving the church, I don't have time for that. I hang out with people that are doing things 10 times better than I'm doing it, and I'm gleaning. Why? Because I, I want to be where they're at. I want to go where they're going. And for me to just stay, if I'm never hanging out with people on the next level, I'm always going to be stuck at this level. How many of y'all remember Jerry Maguire? Show me the money. I was reminded of, of, of Jerry and his wife and... Uh, I mean, I raise your hand if you remember, if you remember Jerry. Talk back to me this morning. I mean, some of y'all, I know, I know we're a little older. That's all right. Some of you young people, who's Jerry Maguire? Uh, 
Jerry Maguire, it's a great movie. So Jerry and his wife, they're on the, their marriage is on the rocks, you know, and they're basically about to split up. They're in the process of splitting up. And uh, there's a support group of a bunch of divorced women. I mean, I remember that scene. And they're all sitting around talking about how much they hate men. I hate men. They stink and they walk around in their underwear. And they're just going on and on about how much they hate men. And it's a bunch of divorced ladies that get together and talk about how much they don't like men. And then there's Jerry's wife sitting there thinking. But then, how many of y'all remember what happened? Jerry walks in. What's he say? Does anybody remember? No, Bobby Joe. He says, you complete me. How many of y'all remember that line? But listen, if you want to have a successful marriage or if you, want to, if you want to be successful in relationship, you can't just hang out with people that hate the opposite sex, right? For me, I like to hang out with other people that are successful in those things. And spiritually, there's actually a warning here that God gives us. And uh, it's found in Revelations because Jesus said in, in the book of Revelations, uh, verse, uh, chapter, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse number 15, he says, I know your works. He says that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. This is Jesus speaking. He says, but because you're lukewarm, because you're not going anywhere. You used to be cold. You used to be on fire for me. You used to burn, burn for me. And now you're not burning for me anymore. He says, now that you've gotten lukewarm, he says, you're not cold or hot. So he says, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Kind of interesting. He says, because you say I'm rich and I've become wealthy. And I don't need of anything or I need of nothing. But you do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Jesus here, he says, spiritually, he says, you need to hang out with people that are going somewhere. You should be spending time with people that, that, that are charging you up to, to, to do the things of God. In business, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 19. It says, those who work their land will have an abundance of food. You could say those who work at their marriage will have an abundance of food. Those who work at their business will have an abundance. Those who work at their spirit man, they'll have an abundance. Whatever you work at, he says, he says that you'll have an abundance. He says, but those who chase fantasies. I mean, I've been around people that says, oh, well, one day, oh, well, one day, I submit to you, it may be time to get in the left lane and go around. Say, so, I, I, I love you. Honor you, appreciate you, want, want God's best for you, but it's time. I need, I need to go around. I don't want to chase fantasies. I want to run with people that are going somewhere. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. He says, work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and you become a slave. So the first people I feel like what I, what I want you to steer clear of is just people that aren't going anywhere. Don't hang out with people that aren't going anywhere. I mean, I had a daddy. Like, I had a daddy like I was a daddy. And my daddy tried to warn me. He says, you don't need to be running with them dudes. Don't run with those guys. They aren't what? They aren't going nowhere. How many of y'all listened? How many of y'all didn't listen? Plenty of times. I didn't listen, right? He said, man, don't. So even now, like, I've started young. Like, I'm not waiting until Noble's, like, 16. I've waited. Like, he's, like, 9, right? And, like, right now, he's 10. I'm like, why don't you hang out with that boy? He's 10. <laughs> I, was like, I don't care. What's he doing? What's he passionate about? What's he like? Where's he going? Home? <laughs> like, no, no. Well, well, what, well, where's he going? What, what's, he, what's he enjoy? 
Video games? That's good, but what else, what else, what else? Like, like I'm wanting to know, I say, I want you to hang out with people and I want you to run with people that are going somewhere, that are doing something. They're doing something spiritually. They're doing something relationally that they're, they're successful. Run with those people. The second people is I want you to steer clear of people that are distracted. Distracted, beside distracted, you could just write that they're not eternally minded. How many of y'all can drive with your knee while you whip your kids and eat a croissant? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen those people before. They're like, <laughs> they're, they, 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 they text. They don't even need to look to drive. I mean, it's just like mamas are particularly good about this. Like, I mean, they just whip you in the back seat, not even, not even driving. They're just, they're, they're totally, totally distracted. And now you got texting, and you got, you've always, you, we've all seen these people. You drive behind, you know, a pickup truck full of full of, you know, 16-year-old kids in their tank tops hanging out the back of the bed of the truck and the guy that's driving like, yeah, and you're thinking, you are going to wreck. They're just not paying attention. Young people not paying attention, and, and, and they're just distracted. And we live pretty distracted. We, we live very distracted. There's a story in Luke chapter 2 of Jesus and uh, Jesus and his mom and dad and a group of people, they're traveling and uh, Jesus' mother and father, they're riding a donkey. Now, they didn't have a, a nice car or a sports car. They didn't have anything like that. They're riding a camel. They're riding a donkey. And uh, 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 they're, they're traveling, and they, they, they leave Jesus. Have you ever been lost before by your parents? Don't raise your hand. It's Father's Day. How many, uh, how many have ever been left before? Jesus' mom and dad. This ought to make all of us feel good. Joseph... And Mary lose the Messiah. They're driving, and yet they're so distracted. Who knows what they're doing? Who, who knows? But for three days, they, they've taken their eyes off of Jesus. Have you ever took your eyes off Jesus for three days before? They, they, they lost sight of the Messiah for three days. And then tragedy strikes. Then all of a sudden, it dawns on them. Now we can't go forward. Now we got to go back. We got to go back and we got to find the Messiah. We got to go back and find Jesus. And uh, the Bible doesn't talk a whole lot about this, but I guarantee you there was uh, some choice words spoken between Mary and Joseph. We don't always think about that, right? We always see the statue of Mary in the front of people's yards. How many of y'all know that statue? Nobody sees this statue. I think we should all get one of those because that's her telling Joseph, you lost my baby. You better get your butt back to wherever. And they go into this fit, right? They, they go back and they find Jesus. The Bible says Luke chapter 2 verse 49 that they find Jesus in the temple. And you can put it up there because he says, why do you seek me? Don't you know that I'm about my father's business? In other words, Jesus said, you may have got distracted, you may have lost sight of me, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm about my father's business, or I'm about things that eternally matter, and people that we have to steer clear of, that, that they're just distracted, or in other words, they don't really think with eternal significance. And come on, y'all know me, I, I'm going to eat Ben and Jerry's, and I'm going to lay around, I'm going to play, I'm going to watch golf, and I'm pretty laid back, I like to have fun, we take trips, we travel, uh, we, we enjoy life, and, uh, but, but still there is a part of us 
that, that's, that, that we, in, we endeavor to keep laser light focus, which is life is short. Life is but a vapor. I'm going to give an account for my life. I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to give an account and he's going to hit my life with the fire of God and it's either going to burn like hay and stubble or it's going to turn in to fine gold and it's going to be refined. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Uh, heaven is eternal. Hell is eternal. So, so even though we have a life that, that I believe that we enjoy and I believe God, the Bible says that God gives us freely all things to enjoy. Everything good and perfect comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no change nor shadow of turning. Everything good on this planet comes down from Him and He created it so that you could enjoy Yosemite and the Grand Canyon and the Caribbean and whatever it is that you enjoy and yet He still wants us to drive and to be undistracted and still realize life is short. So for you, you want to hang out with people and spend time with people that, that, that they can enjoy all types of things, but they should have some sense of awareness of eternity. So they live their life with focus and not just distracted. Because if you just hang out with distracted people, they can be dangerous. Right? There can be, there's real danger in, in people that are distracted. Here, I'm going to give you one more verse before, before we move on. From here, and it's Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15. Paul says here, he says, see that you walk circumspectly. Circum just means in a circle. And circumspectly just means inspect in a circle. That just means, he says, see that. See to, you have to, you have to make an appoint that as you're going through your life, you're enjoying it, having fun, making the most of it. But he says, make sure that, that you walk inspecting in a circle. Not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time that there's an awareness of life is short so for you driving you say i, I don't want to just hang out with people that ain't going anywhere but i don't want to just hang out with people that are successful in business but, but but they aren't successful in eternal things because he says because the days are evil therefore do not be unwise but understand what the will of the lord is that's a great i wish we could teach on that but i want you to know you can know what the will of the lord is People go through life, they say, I never know what God wants me to do. It says here that you can know what the will of the Lord is. I want to read it to you in the Amplified, and then we'll move on. Amplified version, it says, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor and purpose and courage, shunning those. Everybody say, steering clear. It says, steer clear of those who tolerate and enable evil. Well, I thought we love everybody. I thought we do. I love everybody. Everybody knows. Everybody's welcome. I love everybody. But he says, if you want to be successful, if you want to run your race, he says, you can't be around people that just tolerate and enable evil. Not as the unwise, but as wise. Be sensible, be intelligent, be discerning people. Discerning just means focused on eternal things. Make the most of your time on earth. Recognize and take advantage of each opportunity and use it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Therefore, don't be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Distracted. Third person, I believe the Lord uh, wants us to look at steering clear of or being distracted or, or, or steering around is, is the chronically negative. How many of you been around somebody that's chronically negative? How many of you are related to them? That's the most difficult. 
It's like, Mom, I love you. I really do. It's like every time I come over here, you just suck the joy. It's just, it's just unhappy. You're just not happy. And it's just like it's draining. It's just very difficult. I mean, you know, sometimes you've got to have real conversations with people. Even if, they, even if they're in your family, even if they're your friends, whatever, sometimes you just got to have real conversations because if not, they'll take the wind out of your sails. But let's just say tires. How many ever had a flat? Flat, 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 flat. How many have been around people? Flat, 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 flat. What I know, Marlisha just had a flat. I just had a flat a couple of weeks ago, and my wife is a boss. I love my wife. She's a champ. We were way down in Rain, Louisiana, searching for some crawfish in Etouffee that the New York Times wrote about this place. And I thought, man, if it's in the New York Times, I'm gonna go find it out. So we rode all the way to Rain, Louisiana, got off on this dirt road and got down in the boonies. You're talking about like we were way off the beaten path looking for this little house where they boil crawfish. So we find it, you know, we eat a bunch of etouffee. And after I eat a bunch of etouffee, I don't like to do nothing. How many of y'all like that? Belly all swole. Been eating etouffee all. And here we go. Rain, Louisiana in the backwoods. Flop, 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 flop. I thought, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. My wife says, I think we have a flat. Yes, dear. <laughs> I hear it, dear. Thank you, dear. Yes. I don't feel like dealing with a flat right now. I want to go take my shoes off and stretch out and enjoy my etouffee and crawfish that I just had. But yes, we have a flat. So we, and then, but there's always this contemplation. It's like, well, how far can we drive on it? <laughs> I've never done that dance before. You're like, I think we can make it, but we're a long way. You know, there's no way we can make it. And if we would have kept riding with that flat tire, it would have wore us out. It would have, it would have messed up the bearings, and there would have been some real damage there. So of course we get out. My wife gets out there, and she's a champ, right? She's not one of these just sit in the car like. I'll be in here on Facebook. You let me know when you're done. She's out there. She's got the jack out, man. She's like doing like this, and I'm stomping it, and we, we switched the whole tire, and she's got one side, and I got one side, and both our kids got their heads out the windows, you know, like looking around the back at mom and daddy as we changed this tire, and I told her, I said, babe, we've been married like 16 years. I don't think we've ever changed a tire before, and uh, so, so we get the tire all done. We get, it, we get it all on the car, and we go down the road, and, 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 and it was a success. I guess you could say that it's a success, but back to our point is people that are chronically negative, people that are chronically needy, always needing something. Can I just tell you, you can't fix everybody? Can I just tell you, you never, God never called you to fix everybody. You can't, you, can't, you can't make everybody better. And the reality is that flap, 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 if you aren't careful, they're going to they're mess your rims up. And they're going to keep you from moving down the road. And again, not saying that you can't help people, that you aren't generous, you aren't kind, you aren't merciful. But one of the best things my, my daddy ever did to me was, you can live a lot of places. But you can't live here. How I many of your daddy ever had that conversation with you? I said, my daddy told me one of the best things he ever told me. I got my butt out on my own and I figured it out. 
And sometimes the people that are chronically negative, chronically complaining, chronically nagging and needy, and it's just flat, 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 flat. And, and, and really, you're, you're not doing them a service, and you're not doing you a service. And if you look in Exodus, I'm going to show you three different chapters. Exodus chapter 16, we have here, Moses is leading God's people. So there's some complaining, needy Christians. These are Christ. You would say that they're Christians. Obviously, they're in the Old Testament. Jesus hasn't come yet. But these are Israelites. These are God's people, his chosen people. And, and, and we see here that they got this attitude. And I can, I'll just tell you this. Jesus, God hates complaining. Many times in the Old Testament, they would complain. And God said, I'm going to kill everybody. And Moses was like, don't kill them, Lord. Don't kill them. If you kill them, all the people are going to say you aren't a good God. And he told, told Abraham the same thing. He said, I'm going to kill them all. I said, don't kill them. He says, they won't quit complaining. They don't, they don't, they don't recognize my splendor, my majesty. They don't, they don't recognize my provision. And I'm giving them all this stuff, and they, they don't recognize it. Here, if you look at Exodus chapter 16, verse, verse 2 and 3, they're the whole community, whole bunch of people. Moses is trying to help too many people. There's a whole community of them. And they complain about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they what? Moaned. Get in the left lane. It's time to go around these folks. It says, there we sat around pots filled with meat and we ate all the bread we wanted. But now you, Moses and Aaron, you've brought us out into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Go to the next chapter, next chapter over. And they just keep going with this. We could do this for a while. But Exodus chapter 17. So once more, the people what? Complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, <laughs> poor Moses. Shut up. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? Why are you complaining against him? But they were tormented by thirst and they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out to Egypt? You're trying to kill us, our children, our livestock with thirst. And Moses cried out to the Lord. He said, what am I going to do with these people? Flat, 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 flat. Next chapter, 18, 18. Finally, Moses' father-in-law comes in and he says, you're going to what? You're going to wear yourself out. And the people too. In other words, Jethro, which is his father-in-law, came in this situation and said, you're going about this wrong. You're trying to help too many people. You can't help everybody. Uh, he says, you're, you're wearing yourself out and you're wearing them out. You're not doing a, a service to them. So people that are chronically negative, chronically needy, chronically complaining. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, listen to the Lord. I'm not telling you to cut people off. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's certain people at some point, you're going to have to either put air in the tire Help them air up the tire, or you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go around them. Last person, I gotta I gotta hurry. The last people that that we need to steer clear of, and I'll I'll preface it with Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse number eleven. It says, "We hear that some of you are living what idle lives." He says, "I hear that there's some of you that that are living idle lives. You're not going anywhere." You're not hanging out with people that are going anywhere. You're not doing anything. You refuse to work and you meddle in other people's business. The last people that, that we should steer clear of, people that gossip, people that meddle in other people's business. You say, why are you talking about it? Why is this important? I don't know. I felt like this is the four. That, that the Bible says that the, the devil 
he is called the accuser of the brethren. That's one of his titles. Is he goes around and he sows discord amongst the brethren. And he accuses the brethren. And here he says that some of you live in idle lives. You won't work. You're meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Settle down. Mind your business. Earn your own living. So the last one is, is, is people, people that gossip or people that are always talking about other people. You got to steer clear of those people. And I'll show you why in Titus verse, chapter 3, verse 10. And I'm about to close. Titus chapter 3, verse 10. I want to show you these things. He says, if people are causing divisions among you, give a first and a second warning. But after that, have what? Everybody say, steer clear. He says, if there's certain people around you that are always causing divisions... We call it in 2016, well, maybe 2015, being nasty. Or, uh, what, what, what's it? Messy. That's it. Messy. Sorry, y'all. Sorry. Sorry. He's so messy. I mean, maybe that was 14. I don't know. Time flies. He says, but he says if there's people, though, that are always sowing discord, sowing division, well, I wish that they would do this. Well, they shouldn't have done Did you hear what they did? That you did it? He says, you need to give them a warning. Give them a first warning. Give them a second warning. That's called grace, right? Give them, give them some grace. But he says, after that, he says, he says, don't have any part with them anymore. And this is why Proverbs chapter 28, I mean, it's Proverbs chapter 25, verse number 18. He says, telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe. Don't you love that verse? I love that one. He says, for you to be messy... Or for you to be sowing discord, for you to be gossiping about somebody, he says it's the same as hitting them with an axe. I mean, I know we don't always think about that. We don't think about that. We just think it is, well, this is just me and the girlfriends getting together, me and the fellas getting together. He says, no, you're, you're chopping them up. And he says it's harmful as hitting them with an axe. It's like wounding them with a sword or it's like shooting them with a sharp arrow. Or really, you, you, you're making them crash. You're putting them into the wall. Last verse I'll give you, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13. He says, a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. People that are trustworthy, they can keep a confidence. Four different people felt like I wanted to give you this morning about the art of driving or the art of steering, that there's certain people that you just have to steer clear of. People that aren't going anywhere, People that, that don't think eternally minded. People that are always running other people down. They're always, they're always gospel. They just run other people down. And then people that are needy and chronically, uh, chronically negative. And the last thing I'll say is, is if you'll steer clear of these people, God will bring the right people into your life. But a lot of times until we do what he tells us to do, and over and over he says, you need to separate. You need to put some distance between you and then he said, well, I didn't think we did that as a Christian. Apparently, it, apparently, he says here, he says, you need to put some distance between them. And if we'll do that, if we'll steer, how many of y'all know relationships count? How many of y'all know relationships are important? 
How many of y'all know that your success in life, business, marriage, money, it all, it really hinges on, it all hinges on relationships, your relationship with God and your relationship with people. And if you can't manage relationships well, then you, then you're not going to, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to run your race. And I think God, he wants you to. And if we'll, if we'll steer around the wrong people, God will bring the right people. And uh, I, I love this part about racing and uh, the, the driver, he gets all the credit. We watched the Indianapolis 500, uh, a few weeks ago, how many of y'all watch it? And then, and me and Noah were watching it. And my wife was even watching it. And uh, the guy wins; he's first time to ever win. And he he basically just won it at the end, man. He just kind of shot out of nowhere, won it. And then on that one, they give you a big jar of milk, and they drink the milk. Have you ever seen that guy before? Milk's running all over him. He doesn't care. He's gonna smell sour. He don't care. He's got the wreath hanging on him. Some pretty girl comes up and kisses him. And then they go out there and they kiss the bricks. You know, the the finish line. Is a, is a row of bricks. But then after that, as they're interviewing the driver, he gets all of the glory, but, but he always, or he should, he has to recognize that for him to be successful, there was a whole team of people that helped him. I actually went to the NASCAR museum uh, one time in Charlotte, and they have these stations where you can practice taking these tires on and off, and you can put the fuel in the car. And in, in a matter of seconds, this team will rally around this driver. The driver will drive up to pit row, and in just a few seconds, his team is out there. They've given him all new tires, filled him up with gas, shot a little water in his mouth, and he's off again. And as he's going, he's got a spotter, and you see him with the binoculars, and he's saying, you need to go low, go low, go high, go high. There's a wreck, watch out, debris on the track, watch out. And there's this person that's spotting them. And then there's the crew chief, and the crew chief got his microphone, and the crew chief is the one that's talking to the driver, and he's telling him everything. He says, your RPMs are this, your heart rate's this, you're this, you're this, you need to do this. And he's leading him, and he's guiding him. And then on the track he's got two or three other teammates that will help him move certain people out of the way and they'll go back and forth this one will run in first and then the the other teammate will run in first for a little while then the other team will run out in first a little while and after they get down to about 450 laps then it's to each his own right it's like well I love you thank you for helping me and uh but now that why they're all competitive but the point is is on this team you got the driver steering, but there's a lot of other people there. And, and my admonition to you this morning is don't just steer clear of certain people, but there should be some people in your life that, would, that, that they know how to put gas in your engine. And that when you're running the track, you pull up and... And they're there. God's using them to fill your tank and give you fresh tires. And, and you listen to the voice of the spotter of the Holy Spirit. And if you listen to the Holy Spirit, he says, go low, go low, go low, go low. And you got your crew chief that's talking to you. That's God's design is for you to steer clear of right people, uh, uh, of the wrong people. And he'll bring the right people in there and they'll coach you. And they'll help you and they'll show you, listen, I would be a part of a church. I'd be around a part of people that, that that's the way that they are, right? I don't need people sucking gas out of me. I don't need people slicing my tires. I don't need people flat, 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 flat. No, I need people that help me in my marriage, help me in my business, help me in my finances, help me in being a pastor, help me being a good parent. That's the type of people I need. I need people that are shooting air in my tires, that are washing my little windshield, and that are saying, go get them, Tiger. I know it's 150 degrees in here, but you only got eight more laps. Let's get it. That's what, that's what, that's what we need. That's why you come here. 
That, that's what this body of believers. In, in Acts, the Bible says, and when they went to their own company. In other words, you should have a company. You can't, you can't run with every dog that hunts. But there should be a company. There should be a team that you're a part of. That helps you so that you can run your race. Lay aside every weight. And you can do the will of God for your life. Let me pray for you.